Now, guys, um, we are just delighted. I'm thrilled uh, to welcome Mark. Mark Mark's here. You, um, a few weeks ago when I um, announced that Mark was coming, um, I, I made a bit of a faux pas. I, in my enthusiasm, I said, do you know what? We're so excited that the guy who started Healing on the Streets was here. And one of you shouted back, that was Jesus, and he's always been here. Um, <laughs> Um, but Mark is uh, a guy who's based in Coleraine, uh, up in Causeway Coast, the north of Ireland. He started this ministry healing on the streets 10 years ago, seen phenomenal growth. But as we've been learning this weekend, as he's been training a bunch of people, it's not about the model. It's about the relationship with God. It's about what God's doing and about a kind of ministering to our city uh, out of what what, what God's doing in our hearts. And so, um, Mark, we're just thrilled that you've come to share with us this morning. Uh, why don't we welcome him and uh, thank you. Why don't you come? You switched on. Yeah, Great. I think so. Excellent. Right, why don't I pray? Father God, we thank you for Mark. We thank you for all that you're doing in his life, for the relationship he has with you, for the vision he has, and, the, and, the way, and, and for all that he carries. And we're just so grateful for him to come and share with us today uh, what it is that you're talking to him about. And so as he shares, please uh, anoint him with your Holy Spirit. Just give him all the words he needs. Uh, and, and also make us ready to receive everything that he's got to share with us. Lord, we want to hear from you today. We want to be stretched and challenged. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Nigel. Good morning, everyone. Um, it's, just, uh, it's just great to be here this morning. Uh, I do apologize uh, about my deep voice. I don't normally have a voice as deep as this. <laughs> but uh, I'm not sure if it's the vaccinations I've been taking or a cold that I caught earlier um, the other week. So, um, But it's been, it's been an amazing time and uh, I, I've just been on an amazing adventure. I, anyone who says that um, being a Christian is boring has never followed Jesus. <laughs> really. You know, um, because it, it, he will take you on some of the wildest adventures you could ever imagine. I, uh, as you know, I, well, maybe you don't know, but I live in um, Coleraine, Northern Ireland. I send greetings from the Causeway Coast Vineyard, of which I'm part of, on the staff there. Um, for, for years, uh, before I actually um, came to live in Northern Ireland, I took teams around uh, the country, training them up, teaching them in different various forms of evangelism, uh, not healing on the streets, because that was birthed in Coleraine, Northern Ireland. But I remember, you know, traveling to, um, to Ireland, taking a team to the south, and um, people there saying to me, Mark, we feel that, that God is calling you to... Uh, they were saying you should come and live here. Sorry, they said you should come and live here, and I, and I said um, thank you, but no thank you. My bones crave heat. You know, I was I was born in Cape Town, South Africa. I'm half Chinese, half Jewish, and uh, I love hot weather. And um, so, and then I travelled to the north, and there were some prophetic words to me, and people would say, Mark, we believe, we believe God is calling you to Northern Ireland. So, in my own time alone with the Lord, I would pray, Father, thank you for what you're doing in Northern Ireland, but please don't send me there to live. And, uh, you know, and 16 years ago, God, God called me to Northern Ireland. And, you know, I always wondered what kind of prayer do you have to pray to get posted to like Hawaii? 
You know, like, God, please don't send me to that island. You know, I, I, I met some retired missionaries uh, to Central Pay. Um, and, uh, I mean, they used to conduct weddings on yachts. How do you do that? How do you get that kind of, you know, I don't know. But what I discovered is this, when you follow Jesus, you, you'll find your sweet spot. And uh, he, will ta- he will take you on an amazing adventure. And that's what I'm on. I'm on an amazing adventure with God. Um, having the most incredible uh, privilege of, of leading um, or pioneering um, a ministry. I'm actually just following the Jesus. Yeah, I, I've not done this. It's, it's him. But um, pioneering a ministry called Healing on the Streets, which is taking me all over the world. So um, I'm this year I have Alex um, with me. Just just wave, Alex. I said, so, yeah. I have to have a chat with him. And uh, um, so Alex has been traveling around with me. And so uh, to give you an idea of, like next week we're in um, Helsinki and then home for a weekend and then I'm off to Brazil for about 16 days and then Sweden uh, and then I think we're in Cumbria and then Egypt. So you can you get the kind of ideas of, of like travel and it's been non-stop for like 2005 apart from this year which has been very, very interesting. Um, and you've been doing Heal on Streets for at least six years I believe and I'm I'm really excited about what God's doing now. Um, to be on the streets yesterday, um, and to see seven people, you know, open their hearts to Jesus is really encouraging. Wouldn't you agree? I would get excited about that. I really would. Um, you know, when, when Healing the Streets was launched, uh, I had this like download of this manual and I, and I wrote this manual in about three days and we launched Healing on the Streets. Always felt there was something missing. From, from the actual teaching. And the Lord, uh, was, was encouraging me to, to emphasize, um, in the teaching for the church, the presence of God and the authority, um, that the church has been given and to release that onto the streets. And I, I always felt as an evangelist that I should be teaching about how to lead people to Jesus. But the, but I felt impressed not to put it in there. And I thought that all churches should be teaching their congregation had to do that anyway. Um, at the beginning of this year, Alan Scott, who's a senior pastor of the Corsica's Vineyard, came and said to myself, um, Scott and Phil, other very gifted evangelists, uh, we, we are believing for 1,500 people to come to faith this year. And Alan looked at us and he said, what do you think? Am I crazy? And I turned to Alan and I said, is that all? <laughs> Because uh, we're always challenging each other in faith. And, and he said, yes, but we want you to lead one person to Jesus a day. And anyway, just to kind of very long story short, but it's an amazing story. We, we stepped out onto the streets in January. I remember January the 20th. And um, since January, since February, we have led uh, 2,000 people to Jesus, mainly on the streets. And one of the things that um, that is really encouraging me is at the very beginning when we launched Healing on the Streets was Jesus. Um, when he sent the disciples out into the streets, he sent the 12 out, he commissioned them, he gave them his authority, and he says, go heal the sick and tell people the kingdom of God is near. 
And then he sent the 72 out, this, the very same authority. And he didn't stop there. He, then he gave the Great Commission. He said to the church, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, make disciples of all nations, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And so, but in uh, Luke, Luke chapter 10, verse 1, when he sent the 72 out, he said he sent them out to every town and place where he was about to visit. Uh, and so I always had in the back of my mind that where we were doing healing on the streets, where we're going out onto the streets, that we will bring the presence of God and the kingdom of God into our city and transforming. It's a lot, it's a lot bigger than, the picture is a lot bigger than just trying to get people to sit on the chair and praying for a few people to be healed or come to faith. The bigger picture is that we're preparing the city, we're transforming the city, we're bringing the, the glory of God into a city and changing the status quo, whatever the lie is over the city, changing it. And if God could open our eyes to see what he was doing while we stand there in the, in the, the ice and the snow, I'm not sure if you get that here, but <laughs> definitely in Coleraine, um, and the rain, which comes in horizontally um, in Coleraine, uh, that God is doing something, that people are, are walking into the very presence of God. And as we stand there, we're releasing his glory onto the streets. Uh, and that we're doing that because, and we're, and we're showing people the goodness of God, that the kingdom is, at, is close at hand, and we're, and we're showing God's love by healing the sick. And we're preparing the way for him to come because it said that Jesus sent them out to every town and place he was about to visit. And my belief has always been this, is that where we've done this faithfully, the church has stepped out that Jesus is coming to visit. Now, if you want to, want to know what's happening in Coleraine with 2,000 people coming to, coming to faith since January, February of this year, Jesus is visiting. I'd be excited about that here. You've been doing, you've been doing hots here for like six years. You've been stepping out faithfully. And I really believe, and, and yesterday was a sign of, of what God's wanting to do. Salvation is wanting to flow on the streets of Winchester. And I'm so excited about that. Um, you know, here on the streets is about preparing a place where people can encounter the kingdom of God and, and, and meet the king and experience the, the, the kindness and the, the love of God. And, the, you know, I, I was just reminded um, this morning of when I went to uh, Saltcoats in Scotland. Anyone know that place? Anyone heard of Saltcoats? It's in Scotland. And um, we went there and it was quite a cold day and we went to launch healing on the streets there. And the first thing we did is we set everything up we knelt on the we knelt on the street to lean to God to to pray for an increase of His presence and to release His presence in His kingdom in Saltcoats and the street it was because it was very very cold it was just quiet there was hardly anyone around but we we knelt we knelt we we lent into God in the presence the very familiar sense of of His presence um, tangible sense of His presence filled the entire street where we we were in. And as we prayed, and corporately we prayed, corporately we began to pray for the town. And as we finished praying, as we looked up, there was a woman standing just as, just in, in where we were kneeling. And she was weeping, she was standing just weeping. And 
As we got up, some of the ladies took her and took her to a seat and she sat down and began to pray for her. And this was her story. That the night before, she had been beaten up by her husband. And she started to, uh, that morning, she was uh, going to take a train somewhere along the coast where she was going to commit suicide. And as she got to Salt Coats, the station Salt Coats, she felt, she heard and felt, uh, she was compelled to get off the train and just walk and wander into town. She didn't know why, but she felt this strong compulsion to do this. She got off and, she, and started to walk into town. And as she walked into town, she saw this group of very strange people kneeling on the ground praying. And she stood and she wondered, what's going on? She walked and she stood there. And as she stood there, she encountered the presence of God. And as she encountered the, the presence of God, she heard the prayers of those who were kneeling. And she realized they were praying for her. And she began to weep. She knew that God had brought her to this place to hear and to experience and to encounter him. And she had a broken finger because of what had happened. And she sat in the chair and she shared with the team what had gone on that night. The Lord healed her instantly of a broken finger. And when she left there, she was, she was completely transformed. And she said, I'm, I'm going home now. I'm going home. It's going to be okay. You know, um, you make a difference as you step into the impossible place. I'm going to read to you from uh, the book of Joshua, and it's a word that's, that God has placed in my heart for the church. So I'm going to read to you from um, Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. Starting from Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on the head of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you, and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. See, the, the ark of the covenants of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. 
It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathon. While the water flowing down to the Sea of the Araba was completely cut off, so the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan, while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. God said, God said to Joshua, as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. And you know, God would meet with Moses, we're told, as, as a man would meet with a friend. He would meet with him face to face. Moses had a, had a very close and intimate relationship with God. He knew the presence of God. And he, and he said to God, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't send us up from here. He didn't want to go anywhere without the presence of God. And he said, if we're your, if we're your people, how will anyone know that you're pleased with us? What will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? You see, that's a good question, isn't it? What marks you out? What distinguishes you? Because you are children of heaven. You are citizens of God's kingdom. But what marks you out? What distinguishes you from anyone else, from any other faith or religion? And in Exodus chapter 33, verse 14, God says to Moses, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. What distinguishes us from, from everyone else is that we are marked with the very presence of God. You are a carrier of divine presence. You are, you are a royal priesthood. You're an ambassador for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Jesus right now sits at the right hand of the Father on a throne of power and authority. And you have been raised up with Christ and you're seated with him right now. You may not feel like that. You may not know that. But that's the truth. Your lives are hidden in Christ. And you're seated with him. Heaven is your home. You're an heir of God and you're a co-heir of Christ. You have a seat at the king's table. You can come and go whenever you like. It's a privileged position. And the Levites were the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant was the instrument through which God manifested his presence on earth. So wherever the Israelites went, the priests went ahead of them carrying the very presence of God. And Paul says that, don't you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who lives in you? That within you is, is the very Spirit of the living God. The Holy Spirit of God lives within each one. The moment that we believe in Jesus, the moment we receive him, the Holy Spirit of God comes to live within us. That within the human spirit, which becomes the Holy of Holies, dwells the very presence of God. And when there's a tearing of the curtain, there's a release of his presence. And there is an earthquake of kingdom explosion where even the dead are raised back to life. That through our innermost being flows rivers of living water, bringing life wherever it goes. You are meant to make a difference. 
When you step out of this building, you're meant to make a difference in the world. You're meant to bring change and transformation in your workplaces, in your schools. It doesn't matter how young you are. Or how old you are. When you do your shopping, where, where you, in your workplaces, uh, where you study, wherever it is you go, you are to bring and carry the presence of God. You're to, you're meant to make a difference in the lives of others. When you begin to recognize when the Holy Spirit of God gives you revelation of who it is that lives in you, who you, who you represent and what it is you carry, that you are a trusted ruler, that Jesus has delegated his authority to you. He's given you the keys of the kingdom. He said, whatever you bind on earth, I will bind in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, I will loose in heaven. And what he's saying is that the keys represent, the, the keys of the kingdom represent authority. He has given you his authority and he's waiting for you. To, to address the mountains in your life, to address the, to address the mountains in the city, to begin to stand, step into the impossible place and to stand firm, to set your face like a flint and not budge. Either the mountain moves or you move. And he's given you authority to heal the sick, to drive out every demon. Even the wind and the waves. When Jesus was in the boat heading over to the other side to, to um, when he hears a cry of, of that gathering man and, he's, and he says to son, let's get it, let's go. Let's go to the other side. He hears the cry of this man. Nobody wants to go there because this man is full of demons. The community have tried to help him. They've done their best. Chains couldn't even hold him. And he would scream out at night and he would wander the tombs in the hills. He would cut himself. You hear about young people cutting themselves. I want to tell you, it's, it's of the devil. It's a tormenting spirit. But we have authority over these things. In the natural, it's impossible to do. The community couldn't help this man. Chains, they couldn't, they couldn't chain him, they couldn't stop him from harming himself. And Jesus was going over there. Now on this journey, you know, Jesus sleeps in a cushion in the stern of the boat, you know that, he's power napping. I'm the Jedi of power napping, you have to learn. When you're traveling a lot, you have to learn how to power nap. There's a furious storm, it's demonically inspired to try and hinder them from their journey to, to where they need to get to. These storms will come, they will seek to discourage you. They will seek to terrify you. And the disciples have this conversation. If we don't do something, we're gonna, the, the boat's going to sink. We're going to drown. But they woke the Lord up. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And Jesus surveys the situation, just says to them, guys, where, where's your faith? Do you still have no faith? Why are you so afraid? And what he's saying is, I've given you authority. You could have, you could have used it. You could have exercised that authority. And he rebukes the wind and says to the waves, quiet, be still. And the roaring wind becomes a whisper and the, and the waves become like a sea of glass. When Jesus sleeps on a cushion in the stern of the boat, he's reflecting the reality of another kingdom. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. 
And folks, the, the kingdom, our kingdom is a kingdom of heaven. God's kingdom is our kingdom. And we're to be heavenly minded. We're to set our eyes on things above, not on earth below. We're to realize and recognize what Jesus has done. And know, know the calling that's on you, that on each one of you. That you have authority to make a difference. That you're a carrier of divine presence. The Holy Spirit of God lives within you. And the, the disciples are terrified. Oh, you know the story, they, they went to the other side and, and this Gadarene man gets completely delivered. It's an amazing story. But Jesus says, God, God says to, um, to Joshua three times, be strong and courageous. He says, be strong and very courageous. He says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. It's a command that we have to be bold. We have to be strong. And then God says to, to Joshua, break camp. And, you know, we have to break camp. This is a very safe place. And it's great that you've been stepping out into the street, but God is wanting us to leave the safety of, you know, the security of the building. Because we gather here to scatter. This is a wonderful place. But we've come to, to worship God. To encounter his presence again. To hear his voice. To be encouraged. To see the direction that he's, he's pointing us in and to go. To go to make a difference in the world, wherever it is that God has placed you. And sometimes he sends you to places you don't want to go to. Do you know that? When you follow him? I have to tell you that, you know, you might be thinking it was all right for you, Mark, to, to be saying that. You know, you, you, you have a calling of an evangelist on you. But I have to tell you, I think God has a sense of humor. have chosen me to do this. I got saved in a Pentecostal church under the ministry of an Anglican. I'm an introvert. I'm a shy introvert. I have to die every day to step out of the building. I have to offer my body as a living sacrifice. In fact, I have to nail it. I have to nail it to the altar. You know, when I stepped out on January the 20th onto the streets of Coleraine, I was on my own. I had this, I had this speaker. I can't tell you the whole story, but I had this speaker of a waterproof cover. And, you know, January the 20th came and it, it was, uh, it was a Monday. And it was pouring of rain, it was grey, and it was really cold. Do you remember January and February, those months? And I thought, 
I have no excuse. I bought this thing and it came and I've got no excuse. I've got to go out. I've got to do something. So I thought I was going to do something that I was always used to. But actually God wanted to do a new thing. I'm, and I'm looking, at the, I'm looking out the window. I'm thinking, hmm, don't really want to go out. But anyway, I got my waterproof gear on. And I took the speaker and I went into the car, drove down to the car park in town. I parked there and I sat in the car for 10 minutes, not talking to God, but with myself. I had a little debate for 10 minutes about why I should just really just, you know, this wasn't such a good idea. I should just turn around and go home. And then... And I thought, if I don't step out now, it will never happen. So I summoned all the courage that I had, and I picked the speaker up, and out I went. By the time I got outside of Coleraine Town Hall, on the opposite side of where we've been doing healing on the streets, by the time I'd got there, I was soaked already. <laughs> put the speaker down, lifted up the waterproof covers, put the music on, music started to play. And then about 10 minutes later, the music, uh, the rain subsided and I thought, I've got to do something now. I had a microphone in my pocket. See, before I came to Northern Ireland, I had a Signs and Wonders ministry and I used to, this is, th- this is what I used to do. And, and then God had given me permission to pick this back up. I was going back to something that I was used to. So I picked it up and I started to speak, but it just was awkward. I hadn't done this for 16 years and it was like, I felt awkward. And after three days, I said, Lord, this isn't working. And the Lord says, I know. <laughs> so the timing's not right. He'd given me permission to pick it back up, but the timing wasn't right. So I put it back, the microphone back in my pocket. I thought, I've got to start engaging conversation with people. And, you know, the whole process was so awkward. It was horrible. I started to walk. The, the, the journey towards a person was so difficult. And then beginning to speak to them, and I, you know, I opened my mouth, and my words were coming out back to front. I don't, I don't suppose that ever happens to you. I said, Lord, what, what's going on? And the Lord was saying to me, I'm showing you how difficult it is for those who are not gifted in these things. Where this doesn't come naturally to them, I want to show you, then I want to teach you how to overcome it. And the Lord began to teach me what to say to people. And then he gave me these three questions called the miracle question, which I'm sure you're going to hear about. I don't have time to teach you this, but um, you'll hear about it. And please use it. It's a wonderful tool. It's a way of engaging with people, praying with them, and then leading to Jesus. The Lord began to give me these ways of, of approaching people, gave me the strategy of doing it, the understanding of it, and I just needed encouragement. I said, Lord, would you? I just need your encouragement. Some farmers from our church came, a family of farmers, they came. Anyway, what happened was, um, Alison said to a nine-year-old daughter, would you just, would you pray for Mark and ask Jesus to encourage him? And this nine-year-old girl with the red hair, and she's as shy as anything herself, but loves Jesus to bits, came and grabbed me by the arm and began to pray silently. And as I stood there on the street, I felt like heaven opening up. felt the presence of two angels on either side. I was speechless. <laughs> Couldn't communicate what was happening to me. 
and then they, they left. Within five minutes, I was engaging conversation with a woman, then led her to Jesus. This year, I've led hundreds of people to Jesus. Alex has led hundreds of people to Jesus this year. 2,000 people led to Jesus, mainly on the streets. Just wonderful. But you have to overcome. You have to be bold. You have to be strong and courageous. You have to make a decision to put your trust in God, to have faith. It doesn't come naturally to me. I have to press into God. But let me tell you this. He that's in you is greater than he that's in the world. You are a carrier of divine presence. And the priests who carry the presence of God came to the River Jordan. The River Jordan was in full flood. On the other side is the land of promise. The one thing that is stopping them from getting across is in front of them. That's their mountain. But the ones who carried the presence of God by faith stepped into the river. The moment their feet touched the, the water, by faith they stepped into it. The, water, the, the river, Jordan, stopped flowing. And miles away, it began to pile up. This river didn't stop flowing. I mean, this way, it started going up vertically. Can you imagine the river? Wouldn't you have loved to have seen this, a river starting going up into outer space? It was a sign and a wonder for everyone for miles around to see that not only had the people of God had arrived, but something powerful was about to happen. When we stand in the streets and we, we lift up the banner that says healing, we're making a declaration. But it's not just about stepping into the river. It's, it's about standing firm. Because sometimes we step in, we put our, we put our toe in, and then we pull back again, we, we shrink back. But God says, don't shrink back, step in, and then stand firm. And as they stood firm, they enabled the Israelites, the priests who carried the presence of God, enabled the Israelites to enter into all the promises of God. And wherever God has placed you, when you stand firm, and you recognize who you are and what it is you carry, that you, you have divine solutions for this city, for your workplace, for your schools. You have, you've been given authority to change and transform every situation. You know, in, in Korean, we are seeing the most broken people coming to faith. People who... The, the councils and the social services and the police don't know what to do, but they're coming and they're opening their heart up to God and the power of God's coming into them and transforming them. And, and they're coming into church. They sit at the front of the church. Some of the most broken and, you know, I mean, they, they gather around us where we stand on the streets, where we stand there in that possible place. They're starting to gather around us. And the police at first thought, I mean, it looked like, you know, you take a look at me and maybe you take a look at Scott and he's a dodgy looking character as well. It looks as if we were, were drug dealing right under the noses because there's CCTV cameras right in the center of town. Uh, and these most broken people who are either drug dealers or people who have you know, had been taking drugs or had been out of prison for whatever reason, are gathering around us. 
And at the beginning, you see police cars that are pulling up, wondering what's going on. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I saw, I saw a man, a policeman on a bicycle. And by now, they've, they've cottoned on to what we're doing. Cycle right the way down the pedestrianized street, right up to me. And I'm thinking, am I in trouble? <laughs> and he just, on his, while he's sitting on his bicycle, he pulls up in full view of everyone. He's just chit-chat, talking about anything. The weather, football. And then just before he goes, he says, and by the way, he says, um, since you've been here, the town has been a lot quieter. Thank you very much. And with that, <laughs> off we went. You stand in the impossible place and you make a difference. And when we, and healing on the streets, the bigger picture is we, we are enabling the city to encounter God because Jesus is coming. And if you'll stand firm, you're going to see breakthrough. You will, you will see breakthrough. You've, ex, you've encountered discouragement. Do not be discouraged. Some, some of the things, you know, God's called you to do is frightening. I could tell you about that. Don't have time to. But if you'll trust God, you know, the Lord wants to encourage you. You're going to see um, yesterday was just a taster of what's going to happen here. Salvation will be something you're going to hear about every single day. You know, you know one day I said, Alan said one person a day. The other week, I said, today we're going to see 50 people come to, come to know Jesus. We saw 54, plus a recommitment. We saw one man came, and he, let me just tell you about this, and I know I've gone over time, and we're going to pray. Because there's so many stories of, of, of real life change happening in these encounters, one-on-one -on -one encounters on the street. A man, and he's, and he's rough, and I know because he knows uh, a person in, who lives in Balamani who, who has such a rough, rough reputation as a fighter. I mean, this man would like take on 20 men. That kind of reputation. Drunk, in the pubs, in prison, all that kind of thing. And this person, who is a friend of this one, got on his knees and he prayed because he thought that's what he should do. And he said, God, if you're really there, Please give me some kind of sign that you're there. And then that night at 12.20, totally, um, it was a, a Christian who he hadn't heard of from years, sent him a text message at 12.20 that night, are you okay? He took that as a sign. The next day he was wandering through Coleraine, came by our fishing spot where I stand, and I engaged in conversation with him, and I asked him if there was one thing that God could do for him, if, it was, it was, if God could answer one prayer for him, what would it be today? He said, I have double vision, I can't see without these glasses. I said, can I pray? Yeah. So I said, I prayed. Didn't close my eyes, didn't move, just prayed right there and then. Commanded his eyes be healed in the name of Jesus. Instantly, his eyes are healed. He, he opens his heart to Jesus, gives his life 
gives his life to God. That week, without anyone speaking to him, he's prompted to destroy all the, all the pornography in his house. Destroys all of it. Comes to church that Sunday. And here's just an amazing message from Alan, who also says, if you want to be clean, come. From pornography, come to the front. God is doing an amazing work. Um, just a week, two weeks back, we're in Aberdeen. And healing on the streets. So those of you who've been doing healing on the streets, I want to encourage you. Keep doing. You're pressing in. You're doing a work that is second to none. But in Aberdeen, a man sat in the chair and in healing on the streets in Aberdeen. And, and, um, it's just the other week and on the Saturday. And we asked him, if God could do one miracle for you right now, what would you ask him to do? And he said, I'd like to be reunited with my daughter. We had a falling out in, um, in May. I haven't spoken to her, I haven't seen her, I'm worried about her, I can't contact her. I said, okay, let's pray. So we began to pray. And then I said to him, this is what I feel God is saying to you. Before the week is out, before next weekend, you'll be reunited with your daughter. And he looked at me and he said, you don't know how significant the timing, the time of what you've said. Next weekend is her birthday. And I said, I really want to see her before her birthday. I said, let's pray. And I just prayed my best prayer. The following Monday, so I prayed, we prayed that on a Saturday. The following Monday, I got an email in the evening which said, Mark, you're not going to believe this. The man we, the man we prayed for got a text message from her daughter, from his daughter, and they're being reunited. How awesome is God? Come on. Okay. Okay, guys, time's up. We're going to pray and um, let's close our eyes for a moment. We're, we're going to pray in a moment for any sick person, anyone here that, that like a few things I think we're going to pray for, but um, we've got time to do this. Um, but first of all, before we pray, as your eyes are closed, I just want to ask right now, if there's someone here, perhaps you've come, maybe it's the first time here, or maybe you've been coming for a while and you're, you're journeying towards God. And you've come to a place where, where you're ready to enter into a relationship with him. And Jesus right now is knocking on the door of your heart and he wants to come in. He wants to have a relationship with you. That's loving and, and just so amazing and astounding. He wants to bring healing into your life and transformation and hope and heaven. But perhaps you've never opened the door of your heart to him, but today is a day you want to say yes to Jesus and today you want to open your heart to him. And if that is you, and you want to open your heart to Jesus today and invite him into your life, could you please raise your hand and say, Mark, I'd like to do that today. So anyone here, raise your hand right up so I can see. Today, you want to say yes to Jesus. You want to journey with God in relationship with him. And you've never done that before. Father, thank you for your presence in this room. And for that young one, Lord, that put the hand up, God, I just ask, Father, for them. Would you just, um, just pray this in your heart right now? 
Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Please forgive me. I open a door of my heart to you. I invite you into my life. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your Holy Spirit. And I receive the gift of eternal life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying for me. Amen. Amen. Praise God. A young person raised their hand. Praise God. <laughs> right. Okay. We're going we're to pray. There's a few things that God wants to do here. Um, Alex, do you have something you want to share? Okay. We're, we wanna, we're going to pray for people that need healing, but first of all, I'm, I just have this sense that, that um, God's spoken to your heart, and you know that what you have to do now is, is step into the impossible place, but not just step there, but to stand firm. And if that's you, could you just stand up? If God is speaking to you about stepping into the impossible place, but not just stepping into the impossible, but standing firm. Thank you. So, Father, I thank you for everyone standing here, Lord. And I thank you for the spirit of the living God that now rests upon them. Heavenly Father, I release the spirit of boldness, of strength and courage in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray, Heavenly Father, for the release of your spirit, God, through them. Lord, the presence and the power of your Holy Spirit, God, I pray for the kingdom of God within them to break out in those impossible places. And I pray for the transformation of that situation. I pray for the mountain, uh, the moving of mountains, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. And we command those mountains to move. We command the situations to change. We, we uh, pray right now for divine solutions and for just um, a reversal of these situations that they find themselves in God. And we pray for breakthrough now in Jesus' name. And we pray for those around them uh, that your, as your kingdom comes, that they would encounter you, Lord Jesus. And we pray for salvation. We pray for healing. We pray for deliverance. We just pray for breakthrough. We pray, God, that you would come and you would make a difference. But you would strengthen them, God. I pray for an infilling of your spirit. You give your spirit without limit, Heavenly Father. And I pray right now for an increase of your spirit upon them. More, Lord. Just come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. More. More, Lord. Pray for the manifestation of your spirit, God. The, your glory, your kingdom to come. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. And while those folk are still receiving, now if you, um, there's a number of you who are, you're, you're hindered by fear. And I want you to, those of you that are hindered by fear and phobias, I want you to come and stand over here to my right. If you suffer with fears or phobias of any kind, and also, if I may add, I'm just going to include this with this. If you have an eating disorder, come and stand with this group here. 
So this is a safe place. I would say to you, don't be afraid. But if you're if you're fearful, you might your your hearts must be going boom, 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 boom. Then that's you. Okay. So just come. You just come. Um, and uh, so if you come over here. There's a lot more people that need to come. There's fear. There's fears, phobias, even small phobias. You know, just come and stand over here. Don't be afraid. <laughs> don't be afraid. Come. Right, and while you're coming, there's a lot more coming. Someone's going to drag their feet, but you just come. Now, there's a lot there. Okay, there are folk um, with spinal conditions. Okay, God wants to heal. God, actually, God is healing spinal conditions right now. If you have a spinal condition, just stand up. Spinal conditions, stand up. The Lord's releasing healing now to spinal conditions, back problems. Okay, so that could be from the neck right the way down to the lower part of the spine. Just check that. That's right. God's touching you now, right now. God's releasing you. Check that out. There's an ankle condition. I see it's a right ankle. You have a, if, you have, if you have an ankle problem as well, stand up, please. Right ankle, stand up. Okay, just check that out. Um, I say ear infections and ear problems. If you have ear problems, ear infections, stand up. Okay, God's releasing healing now in Jesus' name. I say joint pain, elbow pain, stand up. Okay, okay, more Lord. Okay, those if those of you who um, you respond to that, if you, if if you're not check, you need to check your body out. If you uh, if there's a degree of healing, then then. Jesus is in the process of healing you. If there's no sign of healing, then come out and we'll start praying for you. If you need healing for anything, we will pray for you. Okay. And, uh, I'm, I just going to go and pray for this group over here. And then we're going to just, um, pray for anyone else that needs healing. That's great. Thanks. Just if you, um, God's obviously at work here and there is plenty of time to respond to what he's going to do. Okay. If you do have kids, now would be a great time to go and get them, uh, and uh, just thank the guys who've been uh, watching them and being with them and teaching them and leading them. Um, but by all means, bring your kids back here to either be prayed for or to pray or to see what God is doing. And uh, if you want to respond, there is plenty of time. We're not going to rush away from here. Uh, there is coffee and stuff if you need coffee too. Um, those of you who want to respond, just come in to step into some space here. Just step forward a little bit, you guys. And uh, uh, and we'll just make space for what God wants to do.